0: So we're starting the new Mishnah in Lamed Dalet, Tamodalev 34a, Bad Nisin. So you see, in, if you look in the Gemara side of the page, it's like in parentheses. According to some opinions, this wasn't part of the Mishnah. But anyway, let's, for those that do say it's part of the Mishnah, let's read and translate it translated. Omer, let the good people, Praise you, bless you, are raise the dark Whoever says that, it's, a, it's an apicones, uh, it's a her- heretic. Because what do you mean? Only the good people should serve a and not the evildoers. Everybody has to serve a sheb. Okay. Somebody is a chazan, and he made a mistake, and uh, looking rash, he skipped one of the blessings. And then he lost his focus, uh, again, we're talking in those days when people didn't have Sidurim. So Yabar So we have to replace him. So it's possible, if you have a chazan in the Amida, and he gets confused, it's possible to replace him for somebody else. Says the Mishnah: Ve'lo sarbam We're going to see right now in the Gemara, that a person shouldn't run to be the chazan, a person should be more humble. But in that situation right away don't wait okay. go and change him now uh, the new one taking the place of the one that made a mistake from where does he st- the, from where does he takes uh, the amida so says uh, from the beginning of the blessing that this person uh, got confused and skipped now now the understanding of the Mishnah is, if it's in the middle of the 13 brachas, let's say he forgot the one of Geula. So it sounds from the Mishnah, it appears that the Mishnah says, the new one takes over from the bracha, the beginning of the brach of Geula. However, amen achara k'eanim The Chazan, when the Quranim say birkas k'eanim, shouldn't say amen again, because they don't have sidurim, so if he says Amen, then he's gonna. He first of all, the chazan is the one that has to be saying word by word, and this is in the, we saw it in Maserat Sota that the abduction from the pasuk that somebody has to be calling word by word to the quanim. Yevarechah, and then going to say So we are afraid that if he also says Amen, he's gonna get confused. Okay, the im sham kohen elau. What if there's no other kohen in the congregation? He's the only kohen? Loi says kapav the same thing. He shouldn't turn around and do birkas kohanim because uh, Rashi brings that he's going to turn around. He's going to see all the congregation looking at him, and he's going to get a fright, afraid of the audience, and then he won't be able to go back. To continue with Sim Shalom. So therefore he shouldn't <laughs> say But if the person has a self-assurance, he won't come to get confused. He knows his stopped then he Rashai. He's permitted to do it. So going back to the situation nowadays that we have Sidurim so that is the case. Tonobana, let's go into the into the Gemara. It was taught in a if somebody is being offered to be the chazan tzadik lezarev, he initially has to refuse. Otherwise, it's like uh, shows like uh, arrogance. Vimeinu mesarev, and if he doesn't refuses, he right away as soon as the Gavi tells him, "Go, please be the batfilah, he right away goes. Domele tash shechemo seems to be. Uh, we can compare it to a food without salt. Meaning, he has no taste. He has no personality. He right away runs to do things just to show off. But if the person is an action, the opposite. He doesn't want to do it. And they again and again ask him, he doesn't want. Now it's the other extreme. He's like a person that is too much of a personality, too much of a, uh, also, uh, refuses too much. It's like a um, food that is already too salty, it doesn't have flavor anymore. Yeah. So soon we're gonna see that person has to take the middle path. Okay, so always so what is the right attitude for a person? When they ask him, please be a chazan, so Pamri shona yasarif. The first time she tell the guy, like, no, thank you, look for somebody else. Yeah, no. shnia already they ask him for a second time be the chazan, so me yeah. me So he already Starts getting ready. Shlish is the third time already. He has to start walking and to be got to the Amu to be the Hazan. A beautiful teaching. It was taught by your sages. Shlosha, three things. Too much, it's already not good, but a little bit is good, it's nice. Yeast, Melach, salt, sarvanus. And a person to refuse. So again, to refuse a little bit is a sign of humility. That's okay, but too much is already an extreme. So I was thinking, maybe the deeper message of this. So we know that the seor, the yeast, is a symbol for the Yetzara. So obviously, too much yetzira is bad. And we're talking especially when it comes to the physical stuff. Person is too much into the physical things, whether it is too much money, too much food, too much sex too much of it is not good a little bit it's okay the second one salt I know maybe you can come up with a different example what salt might mean I thought maybe it's a little bit of, of flavor a means of personality of joy in life so a little bit is good We have to be the but too much we saw in the beginning of the chapter that Tzchok Tzchok too, too much uh, lightheadedness and too much laughter is not good and the third one Sarbanus which is to refuse again a little bit is good which is humility but already you go to the extreme so then the, you're not part of the society you're not part of the keila let's go back to our topic Amar regarding the Allaha in the Mishnah what happens if a person skips a blessing that's what the Mishnah means by making a mistake you skipped a blessing so says Rabunata if a person skipped they say the second or the third bracha And then he's already in the middle ones and then he realizes. It's not enough just to go to the one that he skipped, has to go all the way to the beginning of the Shmanes. Because we have a principle that the three first brachas are an uh, entity on its own. And that's why when a person skipped say Mashua Rohumarida Geshem, or a person in the ten days of Chuba, didn't say Amelecha Kadosh, he said Akela Kadosh, he didn't do the proper change. And then he went on, and then he realized, or he's even in doubt whether he made a proper uh, judgment or not. It's not enough just to go to the place that he thinks he might have made a mistake. He has to go all the way to the beginning. Again, there are units. The first three brachas are units. Continues Ravuna. Vemtsayos, and if in the middle one, if he made a mistake, Heuser, it's not enough to go to the one that he made a mistake. Let's say, and I don't think we, we hold like this, but this is Ravuna. Let's say you didn't say Talum yeah. And you continue, and you pass Shomai Filah, that you could have said it over there. And uh, you are already in the Brach of Sim Shalom. And then you realize, oh, I didn't say ten Atal bracha, I didn't ask for rain in the, in the blessing of the years. So according to Ravuna, it's not good enough just to go to the blessing of the years. You have to go all the way to Atahon and Because... I'm sorry, because according to Ravuna, we have three sections, and the three sections each one each one is a unit on its own. So if you made a mistake in the in between thirteen blessings, go to the beginning of that section which is Atakonilandas. Bahroinos and the same idea. If you made a mistake in the last three, Jose La you have to go all the way to the beginning of Retse. This is Ravuna's opinion, Varaba, see? Ravasi argues with Avuna. Amar, himself, line Seder. So, in the middle, he agrees with Avuna that the first three and the last three are a unit, but the in-between ones are not a unit. And look in Rashi: not only they are not a unit, but even their order—and that's what it seems to be the translation of words line Seder—they have no order. It gives the impression, to, according to Ravasi, that let's say you skipped, let's say you didn't say Tental Matel and you're already holding by the bracha of B'nei Yerushalayim. And you have the Baruch Hashem Yerushalayim. And then you realize you say Ten Talmatar. According to Ravasi, right there, you say the bracha of the, of the years. And say Ten Talmatar. And then carry on with the, the bracha of Tzimach Deva Decha. Mirat There's no order according to Ravasi. Asi. Rav Sheshes. <laughs> Rav Shesh is going to challenge this from abrisa Mechanu Choyzer. From where does he has to repeat? Mitilasabraha Sheta. Shetaze. From the beginning of the bracha that he made a mistake. Shetaze or shetabha. Now to the to the side of my Gemora, I don't know in the Arskol, but over here the one doesn't have English, you see over there but in the footnotes of the Arskol, you see in, in footnote number twenty one, that it seems to be that it was missing something in the text at least also that's the way Rashi had it. So let me g- read from the side, margin, and from the footnote number 21, which, which words the Gemara ha- has to add. Yes. So the Gemara Nishthah says, Tuta de Ravasi. Wow. So it's for sure Akasha to Ravasi. Why? Be okay. Because according to Ravasi, the way Rashi understood it, okay. wow. if you skip a bracha in the in-between blessings, they have no order. You can just add it over there and then carry on wherever you were. And according to this, price, I know he needs to go back to the place of the blessing he skipped. So you see, at least the way Rashi understood it, there's an order to the blessings. So that is Akasha for Shutu Ravasi. Then I'm still in the side in the margin. ravuna. Maybe this is also Akasha to Ravuna. Because the bride says, go to the blessing that you skipped. And he doesn't say, go all the way back to the beginning of what El Adam does. So says the Gemara, in defense of Ravuna, Ravuna can answer to you. No, What the brasa meant, that go to the beginning of the blessing that you skipped, it doesn't mean wherever you are in the 13 ones. It means if you are in the, in the middle of the 13 ones, go to the beginning of Atahonen. According to Rabuna, that is the meaning of the Brisa. Again, when the Braisa said, go to the begin, be, beginning of the Brachah that you skipped, it doesn't mean if you skip uh, Geula, go back to the Geula. No, if you skip any braja in, in between 13, so go to the beginning of that unit. And what is the beginning of that unit? Atahonen. So that is according to Rabuna. <coughs> okay. Amar Leolam Ali Shaladam Lo a person should never uh, have any re- requests in the first three. But look over there in the ask. any personal requests. But we do. with again going back to the ten days of Chuba, we say al haim We say in the first bracha remember us for life and all that so he means in the first three don't have anything personal okay the love tres and not in the last three also don't ask for anything personal el avenzayes you can only uh, have your personal requests in the middle ones we all know let's say uh, refua we all, all all of us we ask for refua if somebody is sick in the bracha of refuah, we have a personal request. You can also, uh, or shamat filaf, we spoke about it, you are, But let's say you need to make a decision. And, and you're really worried to make the right de- decision. In the bracha of otokh so nila you can ask over there, Hashem, please help me, make the right decision. Because it's the bracha of, uh, of wisdom and understanding, so forth. The avi hanina, now why? So he's going to tell us in emor avi hanina. noise. The first three is compared to a slave that is praising his master. So it's not proper when you're praising your master to ask for something. It's already in the middle one's. That is already okay. It's like a servant asking a request. He needs to get something from his master so you can ask anything you need. And then the Achronus why you shouldn't ask anything personal. Domeleveche Kivel Pras Mirabo beneftar veolehlo. He's like a uh, slave that he already got what he needed from his master. So therefore in iftar he's saying goodbye to the master and then he goes. So in the third in the last three that you are thinking and you are saying goodbye to your master, it's not proper to request anything else anymore. But at the very end when we finish the Amida, after Eulah saint the first one, you can go and, uh, we said previously, you can ask as many things as, as you want. Before Sechalom. Yes, No, before, uh, yeah, before the three steps, se shalom yes, 100% yes. Okay, Tell and another Braisa, Maise, once it happened, me one of the students, shearad defneate ate Radiliezer. That he went to be the Hazan in front of Rabbi Yezer And not only he was about tefillah, the Khazan, but not, not only he was saying the, the 19 blessings, but he, maybe even only 18 because Rabbi Eliezer was before Abba Gabriel, but he was adding a lot. told me, me that. So the students started complaining to Rabbi Eliezer, this guy is taking such a long time. Rabbi, you come Look how long it takes, this guy. He replied back to them, Is he uh, uh, prolonging his tefillahs more than Moshe? We spoke about it, that he went up to Mount Sinai to daven him for 40 days and 40 nights to Hashem to forgive the Jewish people. So Sir Rabbi Eliezer, don't complain. Sometimes there's a need to dive in a long tefillah. Moshe Rabbeinu dive for 40 days and 40 nights. Sure, said Then uh, happened another story with the same rabbi in We told the Another student went to daven as Hazan and he didn't add anything. He said the Shmonesre without any additions. Today we don't do it. Seems to be in those days the word, or maybe it was the Roshoshone when we had Putin. and he didn't say anything extra, just the, the whatever is uh, the main thing told so now they complain for the other side of the students. say, look, he did so short of a tvila. Is he doing even shorter than Moshe Rabbeinu when he daving for his sister Miriam Receive, El na refana Five words. El God na please Refana please give her the fua to her. So says Avias you see. Sometimes it's okay to say a long tefillah. Sometimes it's okay to say a short tefillah. There's nothing wrong with it. Now, since we already spoke about this tefillah of Moshe to Miriam, <laughs> If a person is davening for somebody else, that he needs a refua, He doesn't need to mention the name of the chole of the sick person. We just saw it. Moshe davening, please God. Uh, he'll please her and he didn't say uh, please give refua to Miriam now uh, look in the footnotes we're dealing when you are next to the person and (coughs) I once heard from a big rabbi a big poetic in Israel Rabbi Lerner from Torah, that he said that this is only this is the main thing of Bikur Choylim you know when we go to be to visit somebody that is sick, the main reason we go to visit him is that we can daven to Hashem to give him a refuah without the need to mention his name. What is the advantage of not mentioning the name? That whenever you daven for somebody and you mention the name, you're requesting from Hashem to open the file of the person. So they're opening the file and say, okay, you're asking for this person, let's take a look, how many averos, how many mitzvahs and all that. But when you daven without mentioning the name, the, 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 the filler goes straight without opening the file. So it's much of an, uh, more of an advantage to do that. So again, that that you don't mention the name is only when you're next to the person. But if you are daven here in shul for somebody, you have to mention the name. So, so Hashem, obviously, He knows everything, but it's clear for whom are you davening. Okay. Now we're going to start a completely new topic. And this is the topic of bowing down. Tamarabane was told in Abraha, Elo brachos Yadam en Shor kevayene. So this is the blessings that a person should bow down. So beavos, the brach of the patriarchs is the first one, Magen Abraham, betchila vesov. At the very beginning of the bracha, Baruchat Hashem, Elo Kenu velokei Avosel, Elokei Abraham in Tavi Yaakov, and then Baruchat Hashem Magen Abraham. Why? Because it's the beginning of the Shemoneh so we are acknowledging Hashem. So in the first bracha, we acknowledge Hashem, and we acknowledge Hashem through the Avos. We have to bow down to Hashem. Now in the bracha of Moedim, look over there. There's a beautiful explanation that the word Moedim also means we bow down. So because it's not only we acknowledge, but we bow down. That's why. If we are saying we have to bow down as we say those words. Also also at the beginning of the bracha of which is the one before the last, and at the end of that bracha. Now and if a person doesn't know, and he's bowing down at the beginning of every bracha, the beginning of the end of it, we teach him, no, that is wrong. Only in these two brachas, you bow down at the beginning and at the end. Okay. Ediot means a simple person. Each one of those were Hashuba people, but neither the Kohen Gadol, nor the king. Let's, let's continue, carry on, on the next side of the page. Now, Kohen Gadol. But the Kohen Gadol is called bracha or bracha. It's at the end and also the beginning. Of every bracha and bracha, we're going to see the Gemara is going to clarify that the Melech tchilas kol bracha ubracha, and so kol bracha The king at the beginning and at the end of every blessing. Amar Rabita, Rabita is to clarify this. Bar Nachmani, Ledidi mefashali minet Rabishabim Levi. Rabishabim explained to me what he meant. Ediot kmoshamano. Again, a simple person is not a king. Is not a king gadol, as we said that we do. In the brach of the avos and the brach of Maidim. Now, Kohen Gadol, if you are the Kohen Gadol, none of us are as a Kohen, and you're to my class, and you're going to be the Kohen Gadol. And also, you see over there, they are the word besof. Look in uh, footnote number uh, three over there. So, the Kohen Gadol has to bow down at the beginning and at the end of every blessing of the Shemona They The and the king, Kevin Shekara, he said, Baruch Atah Hashem, in the Brach of, of the Avot, and he remains down, Shuv Eino he doesn't, goes back to be erect, Shenimar we learn this from Shlomo Melech, when he davened, when he inaugurated the Vesha Mikdash, it says, Vayeyi Shlomo Lispalel, etc. Only when Shlomo Melech ended davening, kam, so then he only stood up Milifneim is Be'ah Hashem in front of the altar of Hashem, Michroa al Birkab. And he was bowing down on his knees. Let's continue a little bit more on this part of the recording. Tornabanan. It was taught in Abraisa. There are three different types of bowing down. The first one is called Keida. Keida or Keida. That is Alapaim. That is to go all the way down, but only the face touches the earth the ground nothing else from the body so if you see over there in the footnotes today nobody knows how to do such a thing but we find this regarding bat Aretz. <speaking in Hebrew> so this was david amelech's wife the mother of shlomo amelech she bowed down towards her husband the king doing keda then we have a second type which is called kriya So we do that in Yom Kippurim, also in Rosh Hashanah, actually, in De'Aleinu and Al Birkaim. So this is already to go down in your knees. So Kriya is you put down your knees and your head. That's what we do in Rosh Hashanah, in De'Aleinu, and in Yom Kippurim when we do the Viduy over there, with the Shileach Musa, with the Kriya over there. Shenemar mikroa Al Birkaf. That's also we find in a Pasuk that when it says Kriya, it says and he bowed down on his knees. Ishtahbar and then to bow down, zo pshot this is to extend and to go flat already in the ground, in the earth, with your feet and your uh, hands down. And this is what we found regarding Yaakov Avino and the dream of Yosef Avon Avonavo and when Joseph Avinu had a dream that the sun, the moon, and the 11 star bowed down to him Jacob Avinu said, what do you mean to say by that dream? that uh, we're going to come for sure, me and your mother and your brothers, I'm going to bow down to you all the way down to the earth, to the ground, so that would be to bow down, everything feet and hands to the floor and now what about what we call nefilat apayim, literally means to fall down in our face and that is the word of the tahanun, so when we do tahanun it's called, called nefilat that we should go down all the way down to the floor in our heads but says radhiya uh, b'rede rabuna chazina I saw how Abay and robe would do tahanun and they wouldn't go down all the way to the earth, to the floor rather than matzlo at sluye. That means they only will lean on their sides. And that's what we do today. Now, we just put our our head down in our hand, but our hand should be covered. Shouldn't be, if you have a short sleeve, you shouldn't do directly to the skin. Put something in between the head and the hand. But that's the way we do it. He said we don't bow down anymore all the way down to the floor. Okay. Tanihada Going back to the topic of bowing down in the bracha of moidim, One bracha says, to bow down in the bracha of moidim. that is okay, that is praiseworthy. But there's another bracha that says the opposite, no, this is disgraceful. So, uh, so tell me, is it good or is it not good? This is not a contradiction. So the way the Gemara answers, one, one by six says, okay? It says, at the beginning, could would be okay to bow down in the Bracha of moidim, But at the end of the Bracha of moidim it would be disgraceful to bow down. Nevertheless, look what Robe. Robe would bow down in the Bracha of moidim at the beginning and at the end. The way we do it. I'm really Ravana and and Rabana question, Robe, Why are you doing like that? he replied, the Kara, I saw that Ravnachman would bow down at the beginning of the end of Moidim. The Rav and also Rav Sheshes, the he also would do the same thing. But then the question Zemegune, but what do you do with the price that says is disgraceful? says, No, that price that says a person shouldn't bow down, is when you say Alel, in the alel over there we don't bow down. But the Gemara says, but hold on, there's another braissa that says there's a braisa that says, Whoever bows down bows down in the odah and in the odah of Alel, ze megune. This is disgraceful. So you see, if the Brahsah says also in the Oda of Alel, that not. So what is the first odah that the bracha says? It must be the odah of the shemunaser. Says Robert, no. What is the second odah? He says the one of Alel. You shouldn't bow down. The odah de in the blessing of the meals, in benching, when say no the lechashim lokeino, and so forth. In that uh, second bracha of, of, of the birkas um, hamazon, that's where you shouldn't bow down, and you shouldn't bow down in Alel but you should bow down in the at the beginning, at the end of the bracha of Oda. So we are in the last mission of chapter five. We already moved to page Lamidalit base to 34b. So says the missionary, Amispalel Veta'an. We're referring to somebody was the Hazan. Oh no, first says about the yourself. If you were davening and you made a mistake, soon the government is going to clarify where, in the Amida, yeah. it's a bad omen for you? Okay, it's like that the Utsfila is not being accepted. Yeah. And if he was the Chazan and he made a mistake, is it a bad omen, a bad sign for the entire community? that sent him to be the Chazan, so we have a principle in the entire Torah, that a messenger of somebody, takes the place of that person that sent him, so therefore if he's making a mistake, it's like if the, the, everybody that sent him to be their messenger, they're wrong, now we're going to go to, speak about Rabbi Hanem and Amru they said regarding uh, Rav Echenia ben Doi, so he was a big tzaddik we're going to see soon at the time of the destruction of the Second Temple. Shea Yami Whenever he would daven for a sick person, Viomer, after he finished davening for, a, they, they were given names of people to daven for them. So after he davening for a person, he would know Zechai Bezemes. He would know this one is going to live, this one is going to die. How did he know? How do you know? He told them, If when I daven for that person, the tefillah went fluent, I just felt, oh, it went very nicely. So then, I know that my fila was flowing because it was accepted and therefore Hashem is going to give the first to that sick person. But if when I was davening, I felt now Matila is not so fluent in my mouth. Yeah. You have the issue, meturav? I know, looking <coughs> the article over there, meturah means uh, being uh, torn. So it's either going on the person or going on the trila that has been rejected. Okay. So the Gemara analyzes the beginning of the Mishnah. Ay ah, yeah. In which where does the Mishnah mean that if a person made a mistake, is a bad sign? So he said, in the name of one of the, the students of the, house, the, the Yeshiva of Revi, the Abois. <coughs> in the bracha of Avos, because we're going to see soon, the first bracha, oh, as, as we mentioned previously also, the bracha of the patriarchs, which is the first bracha of the Shmonesre, is essential. And if a person made a mistake in that bracha, that is a bad omen. If he, that was having his own, a bad omen for him. If it was a chazan, bad omen for the entire congregation. Mm-hmm. Now, Ika de Matnila, but there are those who taught this teaching, not on, on our Mishnah, but that this teaching was referring to a Braisa. The Braisa said the following, Miss if you are davening, Bechulan. Obviously you need to have a cabana in all the brachos of the Shimonre but it, let's say we are not in the level. We get distracted. We cannot have intent in every single brach of the Shmonesre. but at least in one of them, you have to have a cabana and so the second version is that is regarding this that the Amar, Rav Safra, Mishum, Chad Be-Revi, Which is the, that one bracha that for sure you need to have Kavana? The bracha of the abos, the first bracha. And this Salach Maise. is even brought in the Shukhan that in, in the past, in the olden days, if you finish the first bracha and you realize you were spacing out, you didn't have Kavana, you should go back and repeat the first bracha. Nowadays we don't do it because we are so distracted that we're going to repeat it a hundred times and not even one going to have Kavana but we should try from the outset the outside, the, uh, from the beginning that you, we should have Kavana in the bracha of the Abbas and that's why going back to the Mishnah that's why the Mishnah says that if a person made a mistake in that bracha it's a bad sign yeah. because that the bracha is essential it's like a person it's like we have a head and we have a body everything is important but the head is the most important. The Roish, the, shoshone, the head is important. So the, the first bracha is the head of the Tfila. So if a person doesn't concentrate and if a person makes a mistake in the bracha of the Avos, it's very bad. Okay, now, beautiful Agaditas. We're going to first mention different topics, and at the end, we're going to go back to some stories from Hanira Mendoza. the Mishnah spoke about how Mendoza would know when he daven for a person if his fila was accepted or not so the Gemara wants to know what is the origin what is the source which verse that that, that if you daven for somebody and in this particular case for Refua to be cured that if you feel a flows from your mouth, from your heart and your mouth, you, you feel, oh, my children are going good. How do we know that that's a good sign? And if they don't, it's a bad sign. the So there's a pasuk in Yeshayahu, an Abed that says, Boreh nis fasaim, the creator of the movement of the lips. Now, we're going to see soon from the word Boreh, Bore in Hebrew can also be understood as the word bari bari means strong healthy good so literally the verses like this Baren is the creator of the movement of the lips shalom shalom so peace peace to the distant one and to the close one omar hashem hashem said and i'm going to cure him so therefore, if you take the word boré at the beginning of the verse and instead of translating it as the boré, the creator, you translate it as barí, healthy. So let me read again the verse with this new translation of the word boré bore as barí. A healthy movement of the lips and that's what Eugenina Mendoza would say. Healthy, a strong, a strong a strong movement of the lips. It was fluent. When I in, the in, my lips that tefillah went fluent so that means shalom shalom is a good sign a sign of good of peace and peace to the to the decent one to the close one amar Hashem Hashem said so and that means i'm going to cure the person so that's how Ravi Hanira Ben Dosa knew when he davened and he just felt his words went fluent is a sign that Hashem I'm going to cure that person Now, since we already quoted this verse, we're going to go to a complete different topic, nothing to do with anything that we've been learning in Brakos, just because they want to quote this verse. All the promises of the prophets, that all the rewards that Hashem is going to give, we're going to see soon, either in times of the Mashiach, uh, Lon is Nabu, they weren't prophesized Ela, only for people that they are not the Torah scholars themselves. But let's say, Amasi Bitole Tami So the Gemoran Xuves says that for a person to go to have Tchias amazing, to have restoration of his body, and to go to the world to come, he needs the schools of Torah, he needs the merit of Torah just mitzvahs and just don't take it as something small but doing mitzvahs is not enough to go to the world to come you need to learn Torah so the Gemara said what happened not everybody's a Torah scholar so how can you marry to go to the world to come so the Gemara brings three advices one is marry your daughter to a Torah scholar be the, mechuten, not the, mechuten, the, the, be, be the father-in-law of somebody that is a bento, give your daughter to him as a wife. Second of all, you pragmatia le that you invest, pragmatia is you do the business of the talmi you invest his money, so like that he can have a profit and he can, he can keep on learning. That is the second way to connect yourself to the And the third one, benefit Torah scholar from your own property. Give him your own things so he can be free to learn Torah. So these three ways you can connect to the and get have some merit and deserve reward in the world to come. So says all the promises that we find in the prophets that Hashem is going to reward people when Messiah comes. They were regarding these three types of people, aval tamid But what is going to be the reward of the Torah scholars themselves when Messiah comes? No, no, I has seen the Torah. The prophets never spoke about it. Only you, Hashem. Le, le, um, for one who awaits to Hashem. So that is another verse, and that's what he meant. That we have no clue what is going to be the reward of the Talmud and the Torah scholars when Messiah comes. A second teaching. The same people, the same idea, all the prophets, they didn't prophesize all these rewards you find in the Prophets are only regarding the times when the Messiah is going to come. But what is going to be the world in the world to come? The same verse. No eye has seen except for you, Hashem. But this teaching is in discordance, disputes the teaching of Shmuel. The Shmuel, because Shmuel taught No, when Mashiach comes, things are going to, they won't change. So all those prophecies that things are going to be unbelievable, miraculously, and all that, according to Shmuel, they're not referring to the time of the Mashiach, because they're going to be referring only to the world to come. Why? Because according to to, to Shmuel, there's no difference between now and the Mashiach time. El Hashibut Malchuyos Bilbad. Only that when Mashiach comes, we're going to be free from the subjugation of the nations of the world. When Mashiach comes, we will need to listen to Trump, we will need to listen to the UN, we will need to listen to anybody. Because it says in the Torah, we'll always be, we will not stop to be a poor person from the midst of the land. So you see, says Shmuel, the Torah says, there will always be poor people. So even when Messiah comes, so things won't change. So again, we find over here an argument between Rabbi Yohanan and Shmuel. If when Messiah comes, things are going to change or not. According to, the Sh- to Shmuel, no, things won't change. Nature is going to continue as normal. But according to Rabbi Yohanan, no, things are going to change. And we see all these fantastic, unbelievable promises of the prophets, that nature is going to change. Now, Rabbi Radesler in Mihtam Eliyahu brings in the name of the Vilna Gaon that they are not in dispute, these opinions of Rabbi Yohan and Shmuel, but that both of them are truth. How could it be that both of them are truth? So, they apply to different Mashiachs. So, Shmuel, that said, that there won't be any changes of nature when Mashiach comes, says the Vinagon, Rabdezer brings in his name, this is Mashiach ben Yosef, regarding the first Mashiach. But, when, when Mashiach ben David, which is the, the one we speak about him, the, 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 the famous Mashiach, that is going to be Mashiach ben David, a king, descendant from the house of David and then things are going to change. So to get a little bit more into that topic I printed this. This is a footnote from our scroll in Sukkah, in the Tractate of Sukkah page 52a. So if you go to Sukkah 52a footnote number one over there, the, the in Suka speaks about the Espen, the eulogy of Mashiach ben Yosef. So let's read over here what they bring over there and to understand these two stages, Mashiach ben Yosef and Mashiach ben David. So at the time of the future redemption, the Mashiach descended from Yosef will appear first to save the Jewish people. However, he will be killed during the war of Gog and Magog. That is what the Gemarion Sukkah says. The, the war of Gog and Magog is a war of the nations against Israel at the end of days. It's mostly in Jehezkel, chapters 38 and 30, 39. So then, Meshach is going to die, Meshach ben Yosef. And the full redemption will be, will be brought about solely through the Meshach descendant of David, Meshach ben David. Okay, so this is to explain that Gemora. Now, I'm skimming a little bit after the parenthesis. It should be noted that according to the Ramchal, Rabbi Moshe Chaim Lutzato, and based on the Zohar, the Kabbalah, he holds that the decree of the death of Mashiach, descendant of of, uh, Yosef, Mashiach Ben Yosef, has been nullified. That he doesn't need to die anymore. Okay, that's a very Kabbalistic thing. And according to the Shla, so it's like this: the period of Mashiach Ben Yosef will include the ingathering of the exiles and the rebuilding of the temple, but not a subverting of the natural order. Death and sin will continue to exist. So you see, so according to this is what we spend in the Vina Gaon and the Desler. that. When Mashiach ben ben Yosef comes, nature won't change and that is Shmuel's opinion. But then the period of Mashiach ben David will usher in a new natural order in which death and sin will have no place. So that is what the Gemara says according to Rabbi Yohanan, that nature will change and things are going to be miraculous. So that is what all the prophets promised. That we're going to experience without the shame, but what is going to be in the world to come that nobody knows nobody has a clue okay another argument now we go back to our verse and that's why the Gemara brought all this so the Amma Raviyah Amma yohanan a third teaching of Raviyah Barabah named called all the promises of the prophets were only being prophesized of the reward that Hashem is going to give to the people that did the teshuva but what is going to be the reward of the people that were always righteous the same verse nobody has a clue only Hashem knows what is going to be? It's not even brought in the ta- in the prophets in the neviim. What is going to be the word of the tzaddikim, murein? People that were always righteous, we have no clue. but this is in contrast, argues with the teaching of Raviyahu. The Amar makom a place with the balechuba people that we weren't from, and with the chuba we're going to be standing in the world to come, hopefully Hashem, Zaddikim, Murim, Nomdim. Even the complete righteous won't get even close. Look over there in the footnotes. Different reasons why, according to Rabevao, is a greater level in the world to come of the Balei more than the tzaddikin Murim. The people were always righteous. Shenemar, and that's why the Gemara brought all these different uh, teachings because now they're going to bring the pasuk, the verse we spoke about it before it says shalom shalom remember we did this verse shalom peace unto you peace uh, upon you to the distant one and to the closest one so says yavau. hashem says shalom first to whom hashem said first shalom peace upon you the one who was distant so he, who, who was distant? about tshuva. Somebody that did tshuva. So Hashem first gives shalom, peace and uh, completion, perfection to the one that was distant. The other, and only after, goes back to say shalom, lakarod, to the one that was close, which was a tzaddik, that was always a tzaddik. So from this passage we see that somebody that did tshuva has more closeness to Hashem that somebody was a tzaddik. Hopefully we, 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 we have to live up to these standards. It's not enough just to put a yamuk on our heads. We have to really be a to The Yohanan Amar. radio learns the verse the other way around. May Rahok. Who is the one that was distant? Shaya Rahok mit The person distant in the verse means he was distant from transgressing, which is a tzaddik amur. May karo. Who is the one that was close? The one that the verse says, and he was close, he was close from sinning, and now he distanced himself from doing Averot. That is the second in the verse. Okay, now the Gemara goes to the end of the Pasuk that we brought initially. My, I, Lord, what is this that? No eye has seen yeah. the reward in the world to come or the reward yeah. for the tamid of Amar Rav Yoshea Ben Levi, Rav yeah. Yoshea says, yeah. This is a symbolic, a parable of wine that has been guarded in its grapes from the very beginning of Myse Breshis, from the six days of creation so obviously this is a metaphor so just like uh, the juice the potential wine that is inside of a grape it hasn't come out, it hasn't made into wine, it's still in the grapes that is a reference to the secrets of the Torah that hasn't been taught to humanity so these secrets of the Torah, Hashem stored them and put them away from the beginning of creation This is the light of the first days of creation it says Vayu Hashem said let it be light on the first day of creation but the light we have today is the light of the sun was, was created the fourth day of creation so it says the Gemara in Chagiga that that light Hashem put it away from the beginning of creation and only for the Tzadikim in the world to come so that light is the secrets of the Torah that are gonna be revealed to the Tzadikim in the world to come so, such deep secrets are the secrets of the reasons of the why of the mitzvahs of the Torah. Rabbi Shmuel van Yamar, Ze Eden. You know what is the reference to this? This is a reference to the Eden. Eden. Shelo, Shaltabo, Ayn, Kolberia. Nobody has ever seen the Eden. The Eden. Shema, Tomar, hold on. Adamarisha, Ya. But hold on, I mean, nobody has seen the Eden. But where was Adam or Ision? The first human being, wasn't he in Eden? He said, no, he was begun. He was in the Gan, in the Garden. But he wasn't in the Eden. But if you tell me, if you tell me, no, Ugan Eden? I mean, it's Gan Eden. It's the same thing, the Garden of Eden. No, I'll tell him, no. Tamul Omar, look what it says in the Passover there. And if you see over there in the second chapter of Genesis, it says that a river would be coming out of the Eden to irrigate the garden. So, what do we see from there? It says, Rabbi Shmuel Banachmani, Don't mix them. There's two things. One thing is the Gan, one thing is the Eden. So Adam was in the garden garden, but he wasn't wasn't able to see the Eden. Eden is the world to come. The world to come, nobody has seen it. He's there only after Mashiach, after the year 7,000, not even 6,000 7,000. We are 1,200 years away to be able to see the Eden. So, let's hope we're going to be married. So the Gemara is going to now bring us the level of Rav Chanina b'Dosa. Tan Rabbanan Abraisa Maise. Once it happened, shechal Abnoshel Ravan Gamliel. Remember, we spoke about Rabban Gamliel, the leader of the Jewish people, the one that was impeached and brought back to be the Nazi. So his son got sick. So Shagar Shnei Tomid Chochomi Yitzchak Rav Chanina He sent Ravan to Torah scholars to ask. Hania to daven for son that was sick. Now, as they approached his house, Kevin Shera was um, so Rav Yehina saw that these two scholars were coming, and he knew that Ravangamliel's son was sick. Allaleliah. So he went up to the attic, Rav Bendosa, to daven for the son of Ravangamliel. Ubi and he daven for mercy for him to become cured. <laughs> After he finished avening, he came down of the attic and sure. he met these two Torah scholars. Omar Lahem, he told them, Lechu, you can already go back to Rav and Gamaliel, Sheh Chalatazoy, Already the, the, the fever has left. He, the son was in, in a heavy fever. And Abi Hanina, he Hanina, he tells the students, Already the, the fever went away. Don't worry, go back. Amru So these two Torah scholars, students of Rav and Gamir were astonished. They told him, How do you know? Those days there was no WhatsApp. There was no communications. How do you know that he's already okay? He said to them, This is an expression. I'm not a prophet, nor the son of a prophet. Ela, rather, this is the same principle the Mishnah brought. If my tfila when I in for somebody, is fluent, I know that it has been accepted. So I know when I in for a might my tfila was fluent; he's been accepted. love but when my tfila doesn't go fluently, and I know that either my feel of the person is being torn; is being uh, rejected. Okay, Yashbu, so these two students sat down for a minute. the Kasbu, and they grow down. At what time exactly Ravehanir Bendoza told them this. So they givenu Sasha. So they knew what time it was, because Sha Ravan they went back to Ravan Gamliel and told him this, the whole story. Um, and and Gamiel taught to these two Torah students, avoida, I promise for the service in the Beit Mikdash is a way of promising. Lo Belo Tartem You were exactly no less or no more, exactly at that time, Ayamaise, that's what happened. But exactly at that time, chama. The fever uh, left him. And my son asked us to give him some water to drink. So it was really the tefillah of Rabbi Ben Dosa that was accepted. And Hashem gave a Shlema to my son. Shuv Maise Noch HaMaiseh, another story. But hanina Ben Dosa, Shalach Lelmoot Toirah Yetzir Rav Yochanan Ben Zakkai. Rav Yochanan Ben Zakkai was the leader of the Jewish people. Remember... That uh, the, the 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 Gemara brought a story when he died that Chizkia um, Omelech uh, came to greet him. He was the leader of the Jewish people at the time of the destruction of the Second Temple. So Rav was studying by him, and the son of Rav also became sick. <coughs> so right where Rav knew Rav was a powerful people, person in praying. So Rabbi Hanina told him, Hanina bni, my son Hanina, bikeshalab please daben for my son, be So for him to be uh, uh, cured and he should live. So says Degemora, in Yahrocho ben Birkab, Rabbi Hanina placed his head in between his knees, Shlav Rachamim, and he daben for Hashem to cure the son of Rabbi Hanina and he lived he became cured so Rabbi Ben Zakkai expressed himself the following if Ben zakai, referring to himself would have placed as Roy Shobar would place his head in between his knees for the entire day nobody would have noticed him meaning to say Nobody would pay attention to me, and only to Rabbi Hanina. Hashem listened to you and gave refua to my son. So Rabbi Yehonatan Mezakai's wife uh, was—he couldn't, she couldn't understand. Is Hanina greater spiritually than you? You are the leader of the Jewish people. So he replied to her, "Love, no. He's not that he's greater than me." We can compare him like a servant in front of the king. But I'm like the, pre, like the minister in front of the king. Look over there in the foot, 30, foot number 39, very, very nice. That I, I deal with the situation of the nation. So when I go to speak in front of the king as a minister, I can only bring the topics that addresses the entire nation, but Rabbi Hanina, he's like a servant. He's next to the king. He can ask anything. Okay. A person shouldn't have in a place only if it has windows, because we spoke about it. It helps the. Concentration, the cabana Shinemar, and we saw this previously, the quarter verse in Daniel. When Daniel, the prophet, would daven in, in his house, in the attic of his house, he had windows open in the attic, negative facing Jerusalem. Amar the Gemara up saying the following, the matzli bebi'kosa. For me, it seems to be like uh, brazen person like an arrogant person somebody that davens in a valley because when everything is open says rashi a person doesn't have the same iracha mind when you're diving in a house in an enclosed place you feel more, more iracha mind you're with more kavana. but if something happens in, or daven's in the open he's more distracted he's more arrogant we have a Rab- Rab-Kana, and the second issue, of Abkhazia, Lai For me, it's brazen, it's arrogant, the person that he publicly announces his sins. As he's not embarrassed, as he's proud that he's sinned in the past. And we learn this from a Pasuk, pesha, kisui praiseworthy, is a person that's been forgiven from his pesha, from his sins. Kasui. Kisui, and he covered over his chata, his sins. A person shouldn't announce publicly the sins that he made.